Hello and welcome to Thoughtful Thursday Bible Study with David Gaber. I'm so excited that you joined us today. Man, I just love getting into the Word, taking it a little deeper. So just for the next few minutes, we're going to continue our discussion on uh, the uh, book of James. Uh, we've already talked about it. If you didn't see our previous um, uh, podcast or videocast, you can go back and look at that. Uh, we'd love for you to be a part the whole time. You can find it on our YouTube channel or uh, any of the places that you find the Your Summit Church uh, videos and podcasts. So thank you so much for tuning in and being a part. And I want to ask you, just feel free uh, that if you have any kind of uh, prayer request or you have any questions or things that you want to discuss in our Bible study, we'd be more than happy to do that. So if you would do me a favor, just uh, connect, like it, subscribe, follow, do all the things so that we can continue to build our audience and help everybody we know connect with the Word of God so the Word of God can change their life and transform their life. So that's what we're going to do. So today we're going to continue our Bible study, and we started in the book of James chapter 1, and we went through, um, I think, verse 4. So we're going to take up with verse 5. And this is one of my favorite parts of the book of James. And so I, I really am excited to talk about it today. So we're just going to take the next few minutes and discuss wisdom. And here's what it says. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, uh, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Man, <laughs> what a powerful two, three verses there. I mean, good night. Some promises, uh, some substance, and some challenges, just like the Word usually does in our life. And it's what a great thing. You know, I'm so thankful that we have a father who loves us, who loves us enough to give us promises and keep his word, who loves us enough to teach us and develop us, who loves us enough to challenge us and correct us. Because that's what a loving father does. A loving father loves his children so much that he, uh, he takes care of them, he accepts them, he loves them, he cares for them, and he challenges and corrects them so that their life can be all that it should be and develop into the person that they should be instead of just accepting who they are at the moment. I'm just so excited that that God is that kind of a God and that he asks us to relate to him as father. And so there's some very important things to note here. So we just talked about you know, trials and how trials affect you and how we should view trials and what our perspective should be about trials and how if we look at trials a certain way, it'll benefit our life and not destroy our life. And so then it goes on to say, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. So because he was saying, if you let patience have its perfect work in you or you let perseverance have its perfect work in you, then you'll be complete and entire lacking nothing. And then it goes to say, but if any of you lack wisdom, the ability to take what you've learned from that, those circumstances and properly apply them in a way that is practical and in a way that is 
in fear of God or in reverence of God and his will and purpose in your life, then ask God and he'll give you wisdom. Now listen to this. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. So let, there's several things here. So let's talk about it. Number one, if you lack wisdom, that ability to take knowledge and understanding and properly apply it, if you lack that, ask God. And just ask God. So, so our solution to having wisdom is to ask God. I think a lot of times when we're looking for wisdom, that proper application, that that insight, that some people would even call it common sense, that that solution orientation, that ability to be wise in certain and specific issues, that ability to you know, work through things to properly handle them, to have that insight that is above normal. If we lack that, if we need that, a lot of times we end up going to friends or we end up going to knowledgeable people about certain issues. And, and wisdom and knowledge are two different things. We end up going to sometimes experiences, and to draw from them. And sometimes we end up going to people we admire to draw from them. And I want to tell you, none, none of those things are wrong or bad. There are people you can draw from. There are people that are wise. There are people that you can learn from and get knowledge from and even get wisdom from. But if you're really wanting wisdom at another level, if you're really wanting wisdom that helps you to walk through life with understanding and overcome issues and overcome problems and have solutions, then that wisdom, you should just go to God and ask him for it. And, and I know that we, we think, well, I just need more education, or I just need more experience, or I just need more friends, or I just need more of this. Why do we always put God last? I don't understand why we do that. And I'm not just talking about people in general. I'm talking about even believers. Sometimes as believers, we spend most of our time trying to figure out ourselves and then when we come to the end of ourselves, we go, I better go ask God. <laughs> and I love what James is saying here. Remember James, the brother of Jesus, he's saying, look, if you lack wisdom, just go ask God. I mean, that's your first response. If there's a need for wisdom, go ask God. There's no one wiser than God. God is omniscient. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. God is all in all. He is A to Z, everything in between. He is our creator and our sustainer. Why is he not the first place we go? So I want to encourage you that if you're looking for solutions, if you're needing to know how do I fix this problem, if you're needing to work through issues, whether it's in your career, your family, your marriage, your kids, whatever, finances, first ask God. So if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And then he says something so awesome. He said, who gives to every man generously. In other words, if you ask God for wisdom, he, he basically what it's saying is God wants to give you wisdom. He, he's waiting for you to ask. He would love to be generous towards you with wisdom. So he's not just going to give you wisdom. He's going to generously give you wisdom. And then it goes on to say, without judgment. Let's read it again. It says, he, who gives generously to all without finding fault. And here's what that means. It means 
God, when when you're when you're stuck and when you're trying to figure things out and you've maybe got knowledge and you've got some understanding, but you really just don't have the insight of how to handle this or how to what the solution is, that you could just go to him and ask him and he'll give it to you generously. And he's not going to say, you know, David, you should know this by now. He, he's not going to say, I can't believe you don't have a revelation on this, right? I can't believe you don't have more wisdom than this. He, he's not going to do that. He's not going to criticize or judge you or or evaluate you or find fault with you when you're asking him for something. Because, you know, when you go somebody and ask for something, that means you're saying, I'm going outside of myself. It's saying, I need help. It's saying, I don't have all the answers. And it's a humble position. So when you come to God with humility and say, God, I, I need wisdom about my money, my finances. I need wisdom about my, my relationships. God, I, I need wisdom about how to handle my kids' situation. I, I need wisdom about my next move on my career. The humility of that, God is not going to come back because he's a good father. He's not going to come back and go, I'm so tired of having to give you this. No, he's going to say, absolutely, absolutely. And not only a little bit, how much do you want? I'm going to give you tons of wisdom about this situation. Just listen to me. Go to my word. Respect and reverence my way, my will, and and, and uh, my words. And you'll experience the wisdom in, in generous supply, in abundant supply about your situation. And it's not just this ethereal you know, kind of idea up in the clouds. No, it's practical. God is practical. His word is practical. You can use it in your everyday life. And when you go to him and ask you for wisdom, I, tell, I guarantee you by his spirit, in your spirit, in, in his word, as you study his word, as you pray, I'm telling you right now, he's going to generously pour out his wisdom on you and you're going to find solutions. He may send a person to give you that solution. He may send a friend to give you that wisdom. He may he may send a pastor or a leader to give you that word of wisdom. Who knows? But he's going to bring that wisdom to you in abundance. Why? Because you humbly came before him and you said, God, I need you. And I need you first. I'm not going to other places. I need you first. What do you think? What do you want? Can you give me wisdom in this situation? And he's going to do it. Man, what a promise. Listen to me. What a promise. He's going to do that for you. If you'll come to him with that humility and you'll have that perspective of God, I don't have the answers you do, would you share? And I'm telling you, he wants to help. What a great father we have. And he's not going to be ugly to you about it. He's just going to give it to you. But then he goes on to challenge us about something. And I find it very interesting. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. It will be given to you. In other words, he's saying, if you ask, I'm going to give it to you. So, you know, you can start saying, hey, I have the wisdom of God. I have the wisdom of God. And God will begin to reveal his wisdom to you as you have asked. And he'll give it to all without finding fault. And, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, now listen, now he starts qualifying. He says, but there are some stipulations here. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Okay, so what does this mean? Well, God's saying, when you come to me, 
and you ask me for something, you need to believe me. You know, I find that in the world today, we are dealing with a lot of, I don't know, call it spiritual warfare. We're dealing with a lot of culture, cultural and moral relativism that is displacing objective truth and trying to put at the forefront relativistic truth. In other words, your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. And, and the problem with this for us as believers is if we come at our faith from a worldview that is based on relativistic thinking, then it, it is an immediate doubt. It is an immediate, I don't know if God will do this or not, but I'm hoping he will. And Jesus, James is telling us here, James is teaching us here, look, if you come to God and ask him for wisdom, he'll give it to you generously and he won't judge you. He won't say you should have already had it. He'll give it to you generously. But when you come to ask, there is a way you need to ask. And that is with total confidence and belief that he can and will do it. That's what he's saying here. And he goes even further. And the further he goes, the more challenging it becomes. Because he goes even further, he said, he said, you you must believe and not doubt. Because if you doubt, you're saying, I'm asking you, God, but I'm not sure you'll do it. If if you if you say uh, if you if you if you're any less than I'm totally committed to the fact that God said he would do it, so he's gonna do it, then you shouldn't expect to receive. Now listen to what this says. You can look at a hundred different ways. It still says the same thing. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Here's why. It says a person who doubts and does not believe is a person like, like that, is, that is being pushed around by the waves. In other words, you're not stable. You're not connected. Your faith is not confident. Your faith is not solid. It is not strong. And you're allowing the winds of life, the waves of the sea of life and ideologies and philosophies and thinking to just push you all over the place. You're not anchored in your soul to the truth of the word of God. And so what happens then is you get moved. You, you allow circumstances to move you. You allow ideas to move you. You allow philosophies to move you. Instead of just saying, look, I know who God is. I know what he said he would do. And I have faith that he's going to do it. I can't see it. I, 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 don't, I can't touch it. But I know that God will hear and answer my prayer. He says right here, if I'll ask him for wisdom, he'll give it to me generously. And so I believe he will. And, and, and here's what happens. If we are that kind of person that's blown and tossed by the wind, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So listen to this. He's saying you shouldn't have an expectation that if that's the way you approach God, that you're going to get your prayer answered or you're going to get wisdom. Let's just keep it in the context of the scripture. You're not going to receive that wisdom from God if you approach him saying, God, will you give me wisdom, but but not believing he really will, not believing he really wants to. And the reason is because, not because he's not willing, but because you're unstable, because you're tossed to and fro, because you're listening to doctrines that you shouldn't be listening to. You're, you're thinking thoughts that are not for you. You're a believer. You're a disciple, a follower of Jesus, and you should be confident in the fact that Jesus is who he says he is, and he'll do what he says he'll do. 
And he says, when you don't receive, it's because you're unstable in all your ways. There's a scripture, there's a part of the scripture that says he's double-minded. This is a Greek word, schizo. It's where we derive the word schizophrenic. It means to have two minds. In other words, I am not I am not committed to what I believe. I believe it could be this or this or this or this or that way or that way or that way. No, I believe that Jesus is who he says he is, and I believe he'll do what he says he will do. Now, I do want you to notice something here, that he's not talking about the amount of faith. And I think a lot of times we get caught up in this. You have to have this much faith, and if you didn't get your prayers answered, it's because you didn't have enough faith. He doesn't say anything about the amount of faith. He says, either you have faith or you don't. Either you believe God or you don't. And so why would you expect to receive something if you don't really believe or you don't really have confidence that he's going to do it for you? So if we really want to receive, then what we have to do is not put our focus on the thing we need, not put our focus on our circumstances, not put our focus on the wisdom, not put our focus on what others say, not put our focus on philosophies or ideologies of this age, not put our focus on our own opinions, but put our focus on the one who can answer the prayer we're praying. Put our focus on this Savior who gave his life in place of ours to pay the penalty for our sin. Put our focus on the one who could not be held by the grave or death or hell. He erupted out of that place because he has power over death, hell, and the grave. Put your faith and confidence in the one who said he is He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who said he's no respecter of persons. Who said there's nothing he can't do. Nothing is impossible with God. I believe that. And so when I go to God, I believe that if his word says that he'll answer my prayer for wisdom, I believe he's going to give me that wisdom. And I'm not going to vacillate, and I'm not going to be moved by my circumstances. I'm going to stick strong to the fact that I know who my God is. And he's a good father who loves me, and he wants to give me wisdom. And he wants to give me wisdom in abundance. And he wants my life to flourish. And he wants my life to be that light that shines into other people's lives that makes a difference, that changes things. Why? Because I'm holding fast to the fact that God is who he says he is. And he'll do what he says he'll do, no matter what. And that is the kind of faith we need. So let's read it again. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Listen, there is a true instability in our culture today that is driven by this relativistic thinking. There is a true instability in people today because they're getting information coming at them so fast and so often and so much that they don't even know what they think anymore. There is a true instability, a spiritual instability being driven by the fact that we aren't studying the word like we should or praying like we should or being a disciple. 
And so it's important that we recalibrate our lives, realign our lives with the word, the ways, and the will of God. And we set our faith and focus on him. But what about the circumstances? Focus on him. Well, what about the storms that are happening all around us culturally? Focus on him. Well, what about the things that are trying to distract us and draw attention over here? Focus on him. He is your solution. He is your answer. Everything always comes back to him. And Colossians tells us that he's not only our creator, but he's also our sustainer. And if that's who God is, and it is, then we can trust him and have confidence in him and only believe. Just challenge the doubt. Here's the way I like to say it. Doubt the doubt. When those doubts come in, when those philosophies come in, when those ideologies come in to try to push you off track from what you know and what you believe, doubt the doubt. Stop doubting God and start doubting the doubt. And know that that cynicism, that doubtfulness, that that wondering and questioning, is God really, does God really? No, why don't we stick to what the word says and just say, I know who God is and I know who I am in him and I know what he can do absolutely anything. And I trust him to do it. So today, as you need solutions and as you need answers and as you need wisdom, ask God and believe him to give it to you. And you know what? He will. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit about um, believing and finance and money and what it all means and how we should handle it and what we should think about it. The Bible says it in James. So if you want to read ahead, feel free. But we'll talk about those scriptures next Thoughtful Thursday. God bless you. Thank you so much for being a part. And don't forget, subscribe, like, and share. We want people to engage in the scripture. It's very important. And this week, just set your focus on Jesus and believe. Thank you.